Okay, I've been uh, not so great with the birthdays. So let's do a whole week's worth of birthdays this week. Here we go. My friends on Facebook, my photographer friends and community friends. All right, here we go. Casey Miller, happy birthday. Jeffrey Fong, Philip Van Nostrand. Happy birthday, dude. Long time no talk. Andre LaCour. Let's see who else we got here. Katie Lyon, Gwendolyn Kotek, Natalie Chapman. Uh, yesterday's birthdays were Sean Harling, Roger Tyus, Jerry McGehee, Helen M. Orcutt, Peter Eng, happy birthday. Jennifer Mancuso, happy birthday. Ron Solomon, Frank Bullafente, Veronica Burnett, Janet Graves. Coming up this week are some very cool people. Chris Aram, Jason Garden, Jarek O'Connor. Happy birthday, dude. Sue Bryce's birthday is this week. Coming up, June 4th. Benjamin Lowy, happy birthday. Ella Gaggiano, happy birthday. Long time no talk as well. Wow, lots of great people this week. Let's see who else. Scott Bush, Andy Strong. Happy birthday, dude. You have been busy. Uh, Tree Marie Wood-Smith, Gurm Sohal, uh, Michael McArivi. How long time? Alex Viegas, happy birthday, dude. Raymond Fang, Story Wilkins, another name I haven't seen in a long time. Hope you're going to have a great birthday coming up. Darren Whitehead, Marvin Suarez, Larry James, Mark Salmon, Diane Bolin, Chris Chan, happy birthday. Uh, let's see who else. And, and last but not least, Allison Friedman, Chris Ugal, uh, uh, Chris Uglanica. Justin Haugen, Colin Pearson, happy birthday coming up. And it's not till next week, but Blonnie Brooks, happy birthday. Hope you're doing well. That's it for this week's birthdays. Let's move on to this week's show. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in to Something New Every Week with your host, me, Jason Group. Each week, I'm going to give you something new that's happening in our photographic world. Just some great conversations with my friends and what's going on right now. Something new every week is sponsored by Miller's Lab. Miller's Professional Imaging is the largest professional lab organization in the United States. They provide professional prints and press products for professional photographers in all 50 states and Canada. And they're just a great company. If you don't know them, go check them out, millerslab.com. All right, something new every week. And, you know, I do this at the beginning of every episode. And I, even though that I've known our guest today, Jessica, I butcher their last names in every episode. And I don't know if I... It's Jessica... Is So you're married. It's Jessica Sill Bruzy now, right? It's uh, Jessica Bruzy Sill. Uh-huh. So my married name is Sill. <laughs> I went easier. <laughs> And you know, the joke is, I always said I needed to marry a man with a cooler last name than me to give up <laughs> my last name, because Bruzy is a pretty awesome name. But I happen to love my husband a lot. When I met him, I was like, oh, I, I, I could be a still. I could take <laughs> So this week's guest is a, a very good friend of mine in, in, in our community and in our industry. For those of you who have been part of our community for a long time, know her, Jessica Bruzy Sill. Right, yep. uh, has is is one of those smiling faces that you see at trade shows, and has been in in our industry uh, mainly behind the scenes for many many years. And I'm excited to have her on uh, this week because, well, number one, we haven't caught up in a long time, and uh, she's just a fun person to talk to. She's a New Yorker through and through, even though she's now in a, a transplant. 
uh, down in the Nashville area, if I remember correctly. You know, she's just one of those people who you can sit and have coffee with or drink with, which is more fun. And and she tells it like it is. I have respected her and the career that she's had over the years. She's had an amazing career, and she's still a very young person in our in our industry. So, Jessica, say hello. It's great to have you on here today. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you for having me, Jason. I'm honored to be here. <laughs> you know, it, 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 we're going to go through your career, and, and this is more like a get to know Jessica more than anything else today, um, because we're not going to talk about uh, photography. You've had a great career working at a bunch of different places, and we're going to start from the beginning. So I actually don't know. You started by working at a camera store, and I'm curious, it was Wolf Camera. Was that in New Jersey? No, it was actually um, in Atlanta, Georgia. I got my start. Um, I worked in Georgia. Uh-huh. Um, I lived in the South very briefly. And um, it's funny, I got the job almost by accident because I wanted a pair of shoes. And my dad, <laughs> my dad said, absolutely not. I'm not buying you anything else. And I was like, I looked at him, the spoiled little teenager that I was, I don't need your money. I'm going to go make my own. And I went and uh, applied for a job. I saw a now hiring sign. And I went home, they told me, they were like, okay, go home, put some interview clothes on and please come back. And I ran home and I was like, Mamina, I got a job interview. And she's like, Jessica, this is ridiculous. Your dad's going to buy them for you. I'm like, no, I don't want his money. And I was just so adamant about getting this job that I made her help me find an outfit to wear. I begged her to let me take this job. And they thought, okay, she's going to be there a month. She's going to hate working. This girl is like too social to give up her time. And I got it. And I actually fell in love with it. I knew when I went there, I had an interest in photography. I wanted to be a photographer. Okay. And, but when I, when I went, I started selling cameras. I started as a lab technician. I fell in love with the business side of photography. I didn't want to be a photographer anymore. I wanted to sell cameras. I wanted to talk to people. Mm. I wanted to work with people. And I was with, Wolf camera for six years. Mm. I ended up staying for six years. And then from there, I went to a small mom and pop shop named B&H Photo. <laughs> and I <laughs> I was with b I, uh, I joined the team right out of college, entry level marketing. Uh-huh. And uh, I was with the team. I was with B&H for almost close to 10 years. Yeah. And I, uh, I met... That. Two people really made an impact on my career. If I can just give shout outs, yes. um, Gabriel Biederman, yes. you know, Gabe uh-huh. and David Brommer. Yes. The two of them took me under their wing and they, they really helped shape me as a professional because even though I had worked for Wolf Cameron and Chris Cameron for so long, I was still a kid. I was still, a, I was mature, but a little bit immature. I didn't, I'd never worked in like a professional corporate environment and it's you know bnh is a small family company but it's corporate right and so gabe mm-hmm. really guided me and he taught me and he helped shape my career and i was hungry i was so hungry to grow and learn and do more and i i just i became the figurehead around bnh that like jessica's coming she's gonna get it done i was just known <laughs> as the person that got things done and i actually at the time I knew I wanted to grow. Um, and I, I knew I wanted to do more in the industry, Uh but I, and I felt 
that I needed to go somewhere else to do that. Right. And so that's when I joined another company, Canon, uh-huh. which at the time was my dream. I wanted to, I, I've always, I had always wanted to work for Canon, but I cried four days when I told Manny, my boss at the time that I was leaving BNH. I, a part of me was like not yeah. ready to leave the house. Yeah. I wasn't ready to leave the nest, but I just, I felt like that was my path. And uh, I was with Canon for five years yeah. and it was, it was a good experience. Mm-hmm. I think it really shaped my views and helped me. It almost humbled me mm-hmm. a lot because I had these high expectations of this massive corporation and mm-hmm. what I was going to accomplish. And I was kind of knocked down a few pegs of like, Hey, that's great, but this is really where we are. Mm-hmm. And I just, it, it, it's a great company. I have a lot of respect for those folks. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't a good fit. Right. And I decided to, I actually re- decided to retire at 30, <laughs> like 34. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to retire. Mm. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a stay at home wife. And, uh, uh-huh. and my husband was totally fine with it. He's like, I mean, if that's what you want to do, I think you're going to be bored. <laughs> and, uh, we bought a farm in Nashville, Tennessee. And I called uh, this part. I'm still having an, uh, an issue with the, the the farm. I don't know how the shoes fit into this situation, which we we can get into that. But Jessica you has the shoe fetish and there's this crazy shoe fetish, which works in New York City. I'm not sure how that works in Tennessee. It's uh, you know, I'm the only person in the state that manages her chickens in a pair of Burberry, pair of Burberry boots. <laughs> <laughs> I go. I was out gonna there. say, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a way to work that in, and you just did with Burberry boots. Got it. Yeah. My husband Josh came out one day, and he was like, "Are those the Burberry boots I just got you?" And I'm like, "I needed, <laughs> I needed something for the coop." And he's like, "I feel like I could have bought you something else." These are perfect. Yeah. This is what I. Needed. I'm pretty sure your husband is right on that, but uh, yeah. I, I did. I want to. So I mean, it, for those of you listening who are photographers, you know, I, I think that. You know, some of us find it interesting, like the behind the scenes of the, so for me going from a photographer to working in the offices of WPPI was a huge transition for me and, you know, going to work in a corporate environment. And, you know, what I think is interesting with B&H, Canon and, and the company that you're at now, which we'll get to, um, is that the culture of these companies is so different that when we use the, we throw around this word corporate and it could mean so many different things. And, and I, and I, I want to, I want to talk about B and H a little bit because it was such an interesting company for me to work with on the Emerald WPPI side uh, as B and H. And, and from where I sat, you know, as a photographer in New York, I went from, you know, uh, the B&H on 17th Street where I had to pay in cash and like literally wave fistfuls of dollars to buy cases of 8x10 sheet film to that mm-hmm. mega store on 34th Street. But it was the same company that went from mm-hmm. 17th Street to this giant store and that same culture went went with them. And Jessica shaking her head, yes, that's exactly what happened. And, um, you know, I was really fortunate to get to know some of those people. And I, and I definitely want to share, I need to get Gabe on the podcast and David for that matter too, because if you don't know those two people, they are, um, genuinely one of the, the, the greatest people in our community that nobody know, well, not know that nobody knows about, but not enough people know about them and, and, and the influence that they have 
on our industry, especially David with the, the work that he does on the education side and Gabe, what he, what he does as well. Gabe's also an incredible instructor in the community, which I don't think most people, enough people know about. But also working with Manny, who is just an incredible person if you ever get to meet him. And I, uh, and again, very, very tough business people. And, um, but still ran like a small company, even though thousands of people work for them. Right. Agreed. Yeah. 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 And the thing that I love the most about B&H is they've never lost their core values. It's a company that truly stands behind its values. And the, when I started with B&H, I was this young, fresh out of college girl and they took me, I was a part of the family. They, they made me a part of the family. Um, I had a personal experience. My grandfather passed away. Actually, I found out while I was at work and Manny was, Manny just looked at me. He's like, I'll book the flight. Just go, just Mm -hmm. go to the airport. Mm -hmm. You know, just like those little things that Mm -hmm. my boss for me as his employee and as just, you know, somebody that works for him and really makes you feel like you're a part of the family. I mean, I knew his, I knew his wife, I knew his kids. You get to know, you get to know people and you have a lot of respect for them. And the thing I loved about B&H is when I started in 2007, it was, it was a single floor. Right. They, it was the single floor. The camera department was in the back right corner. And I was, um, when I started, I, because I came from a sales background, I actually wanted to work in the store and I had a degree in business that with a focus in marketing. So they put me, you know, obviously the marketing department was a better fit for me. And I said, Hey, go work in the store. And they, you know, they, they, they hemmed it on a little bit and they were like, well, and then, the, and then Manny, Manny said, yeah, if you want to go work in the store, they could use your help, go work behind the counter. And I was one of the first women to ever work as a salesperson behind mm-hmm. the counter at B&H Photo. And uh, I had a ton of fun. The guy, everyone there was so welcoming and helpful. And I can't say enough things about uh, enough great things about B&H. Yeah. And I genuinely mean that, you know, what uh, I left seven years ago. And aside from my current company, I love where I'm at right now. BNH is still my favorite company that I've ever worked for. Yeah. And uh, it, uh, you know, and again, what they've been able to do over the last, you know, 10 years and, and I can't say enough for what David, I think, I think David, you know, the education that he does in the store is like this hidden jewel that not enough people know about. And it, it really is incredible to me, you know, and, and me personally, who had a studio 10 blocks from there, you know, I've taught, I've been fortunate enough to teach in, in that, in that room. And it's, it's this tiny little room inside the store. And um, I've also been able to see some great education there as well. So yeah. And, and you know, again, B&H is, is one of those, you know, I don't think they get enough, credit for the things that they do in this community. So, um, but then, you know, you know, it's career, right? So, and, and, you know, if we're not happy where we're at, or we feel like, you know, we all need to have a career path. And at some point we need to decide to move on. Sometimes we make good moves. Sometimes we make bad moves. And you go to a company like Canon where you think, all right, well, I, and, and, and I made a similar move as well, where I went from a company where I wasn't happy and I feel like I needed to move on. And then I go to this new company and, you know, I think that it's going to have the things that, that I have that I want and I get there and it doesn't have the things that I want. Um, 
you know, and, 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 and I've heard too that Canon is a very, you know, corporate company. And, and again, throwing that corporate word around where they're much more stringent in their practices and policies. And I think that's what you found in Canon, right? Yeah, it is. And, you know, Canon, Canon's a great company. I actually was hired. Um, and I do want to give them a shout out because they, uh, they wanted to make themselves approachable. They wanted to make themselves a brand where people mm-hmm. felt connected. Their their photographers and their users felt connected to them. And so I became, I was ha- hired as um, the marketing manager for the customer experience innovation division. And it's a mouthful. <laughs> it's like a true mouthful. But my my job, my sole purpose at Canon was to put the face of the brand out there for photographers to feel connected to. Okay. So we... At the time, we had four properties um, around the nation. We had um, a space in Costa Mesa, California, one in Hollywood, That's which right. Burbank, California. We have a space in Chicago, and then we also have um, our headquarters, which also has a customer experience center in um, on Long Island. And the, the purpose was to just provide education. And we offered a, a mix of free and paid education, but they were and still are one of the only organizations that offers the type of education that they do. And so for me, I was so excited to take on this role. Mm. Uh, Part of it was a little bit selfish because it was the 2015 winter in New York city, which I think you had already left New York at that time or New Jersey at that time. Yeah. But when we just got pounded with snow, it was like snow after snow after snow. And I was just done. I grew up with that. I just was done with the snow. And, um, I will never forget it. Ross Held, who was the VP of sales, came to me and he said, I have a job that I want you for. And I was like, oh, cool. And he said, it's in Southern California. And I was like, Southern California, middle of winter. Yeah, I'm good. I didn't even like, I didn't even need to think about <laughs> it. He was like, do you want to go see this face? No, I'm good. Just I'll yeah. move. And he's like, really? And I said, yeah, I got this. And I was like, I've always wanted to work for Canon. And and he was like, okay, he said, just, you know, it's not B&H, you know, you're, you are, you, you are going to start from the bottom, but we have high aspirations for you. And, and they really believed in me to take this building that effectively had no foot traffic other than service and support and really work, you know, I'm going to use corporate lingo, but work cross-functionally mm. with all of the other teams to bring in customers and let customers know that we have built this space for them. It was a beautiful space. I don't know if you ever came out. I don't think you ever came out and saw me, but yeah, I did. gallery. You, yeah. you did. Yeah. When I was we at the PPI, a, that's right. That Costa Mesa office was, was beautiful. Yeah. We had every camera on display. Um, you could come in and touch them, try them, talk to a product expert. Um, my favorite part was we had, we had a community gallery where we worked with not just the explorers of light, but, community photographers to um to showcase their work and i love that because we gave just you know these regular professionals these working hard professionals a platform to showcase their work and that's what i really loved about it is that canon was very thoughtful they're a very thoughtful and intentional company they don't make decisions without thinking about them Mm. and that's something that's very you know, appealing and comforting, Mm -hmm. especially in a time, you know, we're in a time right now where business is different than it used to be. And I knew I felt job security. I definitely felt secure with that role, but I, I'm a loud mouth talking New Yorker. (laughs) (laughs) I love to tell you how I feel about something. This is a flaw that we both share. Yes. Um, 
And so it was, um, it was different because I had, I was still hungry. I still am hungry. I wanted to grow. I wanted to do more and Canon's not the, as much as they want to be, it's not the company where you just like, okay, you, you've hit this milestone. Now you're going to go here. You've hit this milestone. Now you're going to go here. It was, well, this is where we need you. So this is where we're going to have you for right now. Yeah. And so it's not a bad thing. Again, they're very thoughtful and intentional with their decision-making. But I think for me, it was different coming from B&H where I felt like I could walk into the CEO's office and say, hey, this is what's going on. I could walk into Manny's office and say, Manny, this is what I'd like to do. And it was like, yeah, go run with it. We trust you. You have a proven track record. With, I didn't really feel like I had that at Canon, which mm. isn't their fault. It's just I was a fast-paced, fast-talking New Yorker who just wanted to to move. And this is, you know, a very common issue. I mean, this goes back to the corporate thing, right? And, you know, being able to move fast with a company like B&H, and then you're at a company like Canon where, you know, ideas aren't, you know, can't move as fast as you want. And steering that ship can be frustrating experience, um, you know, and, you know, we all find ourselves in, in those places, whether it's running our own business or, or, you know, working for somebody else. And, and those are the places that, you know, can be, can be really frustrating. And, you know, I could definitely see that um, with Canon. So, all right, so moving on to the next job. So, I mean, and, and you really have had a, an incredible career working for some amazing companies that we all love. Um, so you, you're at Canon and, and again, the, those experience centers that Canon has are really cool. If you have an opportunity to check them out, you really should. I enjoyed coming to meet you in Costa Mesa and which by the way, would be a really nice place to live. Um, if you can I afford to live there. <laughs> yeah. We were, uh, we were in Irvine and, uh, I'll tell you, we were 10 minutes from Laguna beach. So mm. 10 minutes from the ocean. It was it's very picturesque. Yeah. Truth be told, when I took the job at Dove PPI, they still had the uh, LA office, which I think was really close to the Canon uh, Center. <laughs> and I thought that I was going to be able to go back and forth between the two offices because I love LA. And um, that didn't happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm still a little bitter about that. I was able to go out to the office once. And then that was it. But uh, anyway, so from Canon, you went to a little company. <laughs> when I say little, I'm being sarcastic. Uh, called Tether Tools, which mm -hmm. you know, if you're in our in our community, is is just they make some really really great products and um, really stream flow the workflow that um, photographers have. And, and if you do any kind of studio work whatsoever the tether tools products and you don't and you don't own any tether tools products i suggest you do um check them out because they have some incredible products uh and you know just just you know great tools especially for working in the studio so i'm going to start with tell us about your role there uh you so my i'm not i'm not a titles person so i will say i'm on the marketing team okay um I work with all of our partnerships. So any sort of partnerships, press releases, um, trade shows, education, all of that I work on with a really great group of people. And I will say they, I was super excited to come to join the team. Yeah. It was, um, it was, it was a company that I had admired for a very long time. 
and one that I wanted to work with for a very long time. And it worked. It was very serendipitous when I decided to retire. Um, I I decided to retire at 34. I, um, I called Lauren and I said, I was like, Hey, I don't, you know, I don't know if you guys have anything. I have decided to to retire from Canon and I, you know, I was originally going to take some time off work, but you know, we've always talked about working together. Do you have any positions? And at the time she was like, so it's funny, we haven't posted it yet, but we have a marketing position that's coming up. And I was like, cool. And she, she asked me if I was moving to Arizona and I was like, no, no. <laughs> I told her I bought a farm. So my husband and I bought a farm in Nashville and she's yeah. like, well, that will be interesting for you because I'm the city girl. And, yeah. um, and it just, it was, it worked out that the time that I called her was also the time that she was look. they were looking to grow the team. Yeah. And, um, we went, we have, Tether Tools has an interesting story and I'll get to that in a second, but I, I have been lucky enough to always work for really great companies and really well-respected companies and respect that they've earned. Um, But I coming into the team, I didn't really know what to expect because it is a smaller company that I've worked for in the past. And so Lauren said, when I started, she was like, okay, go do your thing. You know, it was like, okay, we're going to train you on the product, but you already know the product. We're going to train you on the brand, but you already know the brand. So she told me what she needed from me. It was a lot of Marcom activities, um, building out our education platform, working with dealers and distribution partners. And uh, she just kind of let me run. And she mm. was like, go have fun, do your thing. And I know you'll be great at it. And then uh, I got, my, I met my new boss who, if I could give kudos to, he's going to hear this and he's totally going to think I'm like sucking up. But <laughs> I was super excited for my new boss because he is not from the industry. He huh. has years of experience. He's vice president of marketing, but he has years of experience from outside the industry. Yeah. And I'm the kind of person that I want to work for people I can learn from. Right. I knew I was going to learn from Lauren. I just, I already knew that because mm-hmm. I had learned so much from her just through our friendship that when she told me Matt Hensler, who is our VP of marketing, which he's another great person I have to introduce you to. I was, she was like, well, you know, he's not from the industry. I'm like, that's okay. I already know I'm going to learn from him because he has a different perspective the one thing about our industry is we often get settled with very, I don't want to say antiquated methods. We often settle for what we know are tried and true activities. And Matt is the guy because he comes from outside the industry. He wants to try new things. He's not afraid to do things. He comes from more of a real estate background. Mm -hmm. He's always been in marketing, but in, in the real estate industry. So he wanted to try things that work for him in that industry. And they've done very well for us. Right. Um, and so it's it's been a really great transition. I wake up every morning. This is going to sound weird, but I feel refreshed. I'm not stressed. I have a ton of work. I, I definitely, you know, we work hard, but it's such a relaxed environment in the sense of you know, work hard, get your stuff done. But you, it's not like a fire drill, if you right. will. And, you know, again, that comes back to, you know, finding, you know, a place where, you know, listen, our our work is, you know, pretty much, you know, two thirds of our life, right? So you need to find something that's going to make yourself happy. And, you know, finding that that fit sometimes can be can be difficult. But when you do, you know, it, it's it's really great. And, and those are the things that you've been searching for. And, you know, just talking to you, you know, you went from, you know, uh, a retail environment to another retail environment, a very large one. Um, 
And, but you were able to, to, you know, kind of do the things that you wanted to do and experiment and do that. Then you went someplace that, you know, had a little bit more rigid standards. And now you're back to a company that seems to be that Goldilocks, like just right, you know, and sometimes we need to do those things, you know, and it's one of the reasons that I like to do these, this podcast is to talk about that journey and, you know, the things that, that, that we do to, you know, settle into those happy places. And, it's work to get to those places, right? You've worked very, very hard and, and not not to not to, you know, pump your ego, but you know, you're one of those people in our community that I really respect because you've worked hard and you've not been afraid to take chances. And, you know, you are uh, and you're also a woman in this industry, which you know, sad to say is 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 a difficult it's unfortunately probably still a difficult place to be, even though things are getting better. And, you know, you've, you've, you've rose to those challenges and, and you know, I commend you for that. And I'm really happy to hear that, you know, you're in a place where you can be that fast paced, Hey, I got an idea, you know, like, you know, the puppy, like, <laughs> you know, doing that, mm-hmm. you know, I want to do this. I want to do that to, to, you know, you know, to, to run with ideas where you, you, you wouldn't do that before, but let's get to the fun stuff, right? Tether tools has all these fun things. Sorry, go ahead. I've been fired once in my career. I don't know (laughs) if you remember this, but I have been fired once. And, um, this, this person, I, this is when I wanted to kind of get to know this, I wanted to maybe explore being a photographer again. And, um, this, this professional photographer, his studio was 10 blocks from B&H and uh, he was looking for an assistant. And I was like, Hey, that's a great fit. That's a great start for me to see if like, see if I'm any good at this. And so I was like, Hey, you know, I want to be your assistant. And it's this guy, Jason group. He, <laughs> he is a professional and I was his assistant and he fired me at the end of the day. He's like, I love you, but no. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it Jessica could possibly the be the worst person to ever hold a reflector in my 25 year career of and this is going along with my 13 year old who now holds a reflector for me on my shoots. I fired her a few times as well, but she's my daughter so she she still has a job. I I'm kidding. I did fire her. You're right. Um but uh uh yeah, well Maybe I wasn't the best person to work for to become a photographer. Nah, you were pretty good. I just, you know, <laughs> but photography is not my thing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I um, just throw that in there and let everybody know that Jason is the one person that's fired me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that on your resume. I would like that. Uh, I, too, have only been ha- fired from one job. It was actually my last job, and that person didn't even bother to tell me that I was fired. I didn't even know that I was fired until he stopped just sending me paychecks. (laughs) And I realized that maybe I was fired. Um, That's one uh, way to do it. I mean, that's a very passive, aggressive way. That that person has a day in court coming up, so there's that. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. This this show's about you, not me. Um, So... Tell me about Tether Tools. So Tether Tools makes accessories for photographers. And um, let's just, uh, I, I really, well, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, what? Tell me what the fancy new product is going to come out that no one knows about yet. 
You know, I can't Come tell on, you, <laughs> but I will say this. We've got something pretty exciting. Um, let me backtrack a little bit. So Tether Tools now has a parent company, Imaging Brands. Okay. Um, and Imaging Brands houses has a portfolio of brands, Tether Tools being one, Smart Shooter 4, which is a software, being another. And um, I'm just going to let you kind of do with what you will with that mm-hmm. information to say that there's some really, really cool things coming Maybe in about a month and a half. That's oh. so. all I can say. Six weeks too early. All right. Well, that Six that that, that does sound exciting. And and you know, I hadn't been on your website in a while, and I was like, oh my gosh, you make a lot more products than the last time I saw. So you guys have definitely been busy. What would you say is probably your most popular thing that you sell at this point right now? Oh gosh. Um. I'm definitely going to say, I mean, cables, cables are tried and true. Um, yeah. Cables are always the most popular. Our power line is a, is a really close second, um, specifically because we offer power solutions that keep you powered anywhere that you are, um, whether it's just powering your laptop or charging camera batteries, whatever it may be. Um, but I think our coolest product, our coolest, most recent product is probably we developed a plugin in partnership with SmartShooter 4 and Adobe. And we now have a plugin which allows photographers to tether um, Nikon and Sony shooters to tether directly into Lightroom. Um, and this oh. is huge because Nikon users, traditionally, Adobe makes a fantastic product. They, they truly do. Any photographer knows that they make a great product. Um, but for Nikon users, there were a little bit of a, a few hiccups in the workflow. And one of them was you could only save the images to the card or the computer, never simultaneously. Ah. Uh, and plugin, you can now save to the computer and the cards. You always have a backup. And then for Sony users, Sony, you could never tether directly into Lightroom. It just wasn't possible. Now with Sony users, you can tether through SmartShooter 4 into Lightroom and have that catalog um, into Lightroom, which is huge. It gives you a super stable and consistent connection. Um, so I, I think that the, those are, that's kind of like the coolest thing that we've done. You know, we've got some really cool things coming up. That's the coolest thing that we've done, um, you know, this past year, but I will say, you know, Tether Tools has a very interesting story. We started our founder and CEO started the company, or I should say our founder started the company going into the field on a photo shoot and he bought, uh, brought a full-size table with him and, he came home to his wife and he's like, there's got to be an easier way to do this. He's like, instead of a size table on location everywhere we go. And they live in Phoenix, Arizona. So there's tons of great on location places. And so that's actually how the tether table was born. Hmm. Is he wanted to create a small compact works, workstation that was super easy to travel with. And then from there, you have the less expensive alternative to cable, you know, the cables that come in the box or, you know, things that you can buy from any, you know, anywhere. But he wanted to create a cable that followed USB standards that gave you a super consistent and reliable connection. And that's why the Tether Pro cable was born. And then from there, I'm totally going, I'm totally going corporate on you. But from there, they've created a complete modular end-to-end workflow solution that, you know, you basically want every piece that we make. So we make the transfer component and we have units that, We've all been on set where as much as we see that bright orange cable, we still have those people who accidentally trip over it. I mean, it's just inevitable. And so we have a protection, which it's a tether block. It's probably my favorite, favorite product. It's so weird, Uh, but it fastens to the bottom of the camera, keeps you completely protected. And then from there, just the workstation, the software, 
and the power solution. So we've created an entire line of products that build out an entire workstation, which is great. Um, and that's one of the things I love about Tether Tools is we are a company that is constantly looking to do what's best in the industry. And we're constantly under, trying to understand and working with our community to understand what they need so that we can provide those solutions for them. They, we definitely do a lot, spend a lot of time just talking to end users, whether it's the folks that we meet at trade shows, people who come into our store in Phoenix or our office in Phoenix or the, you know, the Tether Tools Pro team. We are constantly learning and trying to better understand our end users so that we can continue to evolve with them. Yeah. And, and, you know, speaking of the tether block and, you know, I was at Peter Hurley's studio two weekends ago and I saw the entire kit that I'm looking at your website now that you sell. I saw that all in, all in use. And he had, you know, a lot of people in the studio and, and, um, you know, the system worked flawlessly, you know, and, you know, not not to not to plug the devices, but like you know, a seamless way to from capture to screen is such an important thing with like headshots. Where I watched him, you know, shooting, bringing the shots up on screen, getting his you know, subjects excited about what he's doing, you know, and you know, you know, having your laptop on a table next to the camera, you know, these may not sound like important things, but they were super duper important. You know, I watched him not only teach in the workshop, but I actually watched him do an actual headshot in person. And I watched him use this whole system uh, in person. And it was it was incredible to watch him, to, you know, to, to watch this seamless, this management. And, you know, the way that, you know, he works is, you know, he shoots and, and he sells the images right then and there. And, and without the tether tool stuff, this stuff is not possible. Yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate that. And that's, and it's great to know. And here's the, here's the thing coming from a lab technician background where I processed <laughs> when we, when the digital transition really came about, people stopped printing photos. They stopped, they left them on their cameras. They left them on memory cards. They put them on their computers. Now they get uploaded to social. And so I'm going to, I'm going to steal one from the Subrice playbook it's the power of the print and mm -hmm. an image does not come to life until it's off the camera. And so we make those devices that help bring a photographer's creative vision to life. You know, mm -hmm. you have this vision, you know, photographers, you guys are all super creative and you have this very specific distinctive, you know, vision of what you want the image to look like. And, you know, we went from 1.8 inch LCD screens to three inch LCD screens. And even still that's so small that you know, being able to see it on an iPad or a laptop, you're able, your your vision is coming to life, and right. it's such a cool thing when you're with your clients as headshot photographers. Um, you know, I've been in studio with Peter when he's been working with clients, and and them watching their images pop up on the screen, they're like, oh, I love that one, and it's yeah. you know, it's it it's just so much fun to see, and it, it's nice being a part of that. You know, with Canon. We had printers. We brought those images to life by encouraging people to print. We constantly were talking about printers. Printers were constantly offering free prints to showcase, you know, this is why you want to print. B&H, you know, we, we sold them. And now with Tether Tools, we're just kind of another piece. We're a, a, a valuable piece of the puzzle that brings the image to life and, and you know, reaches the ultimate power of the print. 
watching it in action, you know, made me realize how, you know, just kind of reinforced how important, you know, sure, you could show it to them on the back of a camera, but having a laptop right there where you could swivel and show them or have them come around, it, it just makes the, the investment to, to do that. Well, not only makes it look like you're actually you're an actual professional, but and it's not that much gear. It's not that much gear that you're adding to it. But the the amount of professionalism that you're adding to what you're doing is is you know you, priceless. All right, so we're going to wrap up with one more quick subject. Um, you get to okay. interact with a lot of photographers. And, you know, obviously I can't even imagine the challenges of working through a pandemic from a manufacturer standpoint, keeping gear in stock and stuff like that. Uh, What are you seeing out there? What's your prediction? Oh, gosh. I, to be honest with you, I see the industry growing, but at the same time, I see it shrinking, if that makes sense. I, I, and it's all one trajectory that I see the yeah. industry growing and shrinking at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. Like, you know, I see a lot of growth, but at the same time, you know, there are certain aspects of it that that are shrinking. And I, I'm really curious where things are going to go. You know, like, you know, at, at, to, to, I think we talked about this before we talk, uh, uh, started recording. In 2008, we saw a lot of photographers go out of business. And, you know, of wedding photography definitely changed quite a bit. But in, in leaving out like a broad predictions, you know, coming out of the pandemic are, let's just leave it at this, positive, hopeful, or it's going to be a while. Which one of the three? Um, I'm positive, hopeful. I'm always, I, I, <laughs> honestly, I do, I do tend to fall on the positive, hopeful side. But also, if you circle back all the way to pre-2008. Yeah. I joined the industry in 2002. I can't believe Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Almost it's 20 been, years ago, I have I joined the industry, and it was when Wolf Camera, Ritz Camera offered in-person classes uh-huh. because it was before the days of YouTube and online education, before any of that really took shape. I mean, the internet existed, but not like it does right now. And so people wanted to take those in-person classes. And then let's just say come. And at that time, B&H was still doing online order, or they weren't even doing online ordering. Yep. I believe they were just doing catalogs. Yeah. So you have that. And then you found you had this boom of online shopping, you know, yeah. e-commerce, Amazon really just took off and people had the convenience of shopping online, which means they also then turned in the, we created the convenience of learning online and you didn't really need to leave your home and everything was accessible. But the problem was, is we lost connection. We lost connection to each other as photographers. We lost connection to people because we were saying we were learning online. And in 2008, when the market really crashed and, you know, a lot of people unfortunately lost their jobs, we saw an influx of people who want, who had always wanted to pursue a career in photography, but for one reason or the other, they, they never did. Whether it was like, hey, I have this cushy day job or I'm comfortable, whatever it was. And 2008 was kind of their leap into the industry. And we had established pros who transitioned from, I'm a professional, I will continue to be a professional, but I'm also going to help these photographers learn the craft and I'm going to help them learn the business. Because the one thing that our industry never wants for each other is to undervalue or devalue each other's work. Meaning you have a client that comes in and says, hey, I'm looking for a photographer for my wedding. 
everyone's bidding, you know, four or $5,000, whatever it may be. And then you don't want that photographer that comes in and says, I'll do it for free or I'll do it for 500 bucks. (laughs) And so that that was like, that was a big thing is like, make sure that you're valuing not just your work, but a photographer's work. Look at yourself from a holistic perspective of a community versus your individuality. So then we get to 2015 and people were shopping online and everything was great, but they missed the connection. They wanted to be in person. They want to connect with people. So you saw a lot of education coming back to in-person education. Online stuff will always be there. It's always going to be popular, but I think people really miss that connection. And then we get to 2020 and (laughs) all of those things that we know and love and all of those things that we wanted to do, we could no longer do. And so I think that we saw a shift in trade shows. We saw yeah. a shift from those big trade shows to more dedicated trade shows. Yeah. We have, you know, where people are active. It's no longer just a trade show floor where you're just walking around meeting vendors. It's an active live shooting environment with shooting bays or, you know, we have some photographers who coined the phrase rent a model. You saw those take place. And then in 2020, all of that went away because it had to. Right. So I think... 2021 second half, we are going to see a slow re-entrance or re-emergence into those in-person connections. But I am hopeful that more than anything, I am hopeful that people continue to see the value of photography because because of the loss that we've experienced over this past year and a half, people have lost families, people have Mm -hmm. lost jobs, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Photos matter. Photos tell that story and photos are a piece of our history. And that is something that should, and I hope never goes away. And so I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that I'm hopeful for the growth. I'm hopeful for photographers coming together to build each other up the way that we always have. And I'm super excited to see people back in person. I'm really just super excited to hug a person. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. (laughs) And I think you're not you're not alone, and and that's kind of the the feedback that I was I, I was wondering from you. Uh, you're you're right. I do think it's going to be a slow trickle back to you know committing to come to an in person conference. Uh, I think that it definitely has made for a pivot for a lot of photographers how to reevaluate the businesses that they were doing. But I think in my experience. Photographers had have had to reevaluate their clientele and who their customers are as a whole, and getting back to the free versus you know the, that all that nonsense. I do feel like you know those who are well positioned for who their audience is are, and I have already seen it, are doing very very well. It's the people who are starting out now, uh, myself included, who are struggling to, you know, define what that is. And I think that's going to take some time and will be a pain point for a lot of photographers. And hopefully there'll be some education around that and, you know, continuing, you're right, valuing what we do. And, you know, their constant complaint of, you know, the free photographer has been around forever. But, you know, it's just going to be a different pivot on that. So anyway, with that said, we are way beyond our time. We've we've had uh, some some technical issues today, but you guys won't be able to tell tell it because uh, my uh, audio editing is on point and 
and you'll never be able to tell. But Jessica, thank you for for joining us today. It's really great catching up with you. And you can uh, always, uh, Jessica is one of those people who you can, you got a question about Tether Tools, you can go to Jessica for it or anyone in their team. Um, they are a great company. You should check them out. Um, totally plugging on Tether Tools. Tethertools.com. Tethertools.com. <laughs> Tethertools.com. Anyway, thanks for being here today on Something New Every Week. Thanks so much for having me today, Jason. All right, guys. We will see you next week on Something New Every Week. Take care, everyone. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do enjoy these episodes, I love it if you hit that subscribe button on however you're listening to this. Again, we want to thank our sponsor, Miller's Lab. Millerslab.com, great company. If you're not familiar with them, you should go check them out. Thanks again for tuning into something new every week. We will see you back here next week.